0: Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan Lacroixy, and debuting on the show, I've got comedian and actor Frank Vetta. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, Donovan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no worries, brother. I already feel like you're a friend of the show already, but this is your first time with us. I know. I know. I feel like I I, I need the t-shirt. I'm going to look in the mail see if I got anything yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I got you. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's hear where are you from in case our listeners want to know. And how did you decide you wanted to be a comedian and an actor? Because you know, those two are working hand in hand now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut, and I still live here. It's my hometown. And uh, the way I got into comedy, man, and it was just always in me. Like as a child, we went through like a lot of hard times, my family. So I always took on the role of just trying to cheer everybody up. Hey, let's have fun. Whether just being the goofball or just making the offhand comments or dancing, like just something to get everybody to smile and like forget the, the low moments, you know? So that was always in me, but I didn't actually get into comedy until I was around Uh, 28 or 29. This is back in 2019. I did a showcase at the Broadway Comedy Club in New York. And honestly, I don't know if it was beginner's luck, but I just had like such a great set. And that was my first time ever performing under the lights with a microphone in hand, uh, hearing my voice on a loudspeaker, stuff like that. And It was surreal. And when I got that first laugh, those first chuckles, like that was the greatest drug, honestly, I ever experienced. And ever since then, like it really just ignited this flame inside of me. So. That's definitely when I first got started in 2019. All
0: right, so what are your comedy sketches usually entail? Because you know a lot happened in 2019, 21, and a little bit of 22. I'm not gonna say the person's name, but the whole world knows what happened.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Well, I started, like I said, in 2019. This was in November, um, had a great set. Then about a month after I had got a call to do another showcase at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And that excellent set was a lot of fun. And then literally that thing happened. So I had to take a step back. Um, I was actually working at the time as a retail uh, store manager assistant. So throughout that madness, every day was just crazy in between dealing with the customers, team members, call outs, things of that nature. So I didn't really get a chance to get back on stage until uh, last year of March is really when I got full-time into the comedy and acting, and it's been great ever since. It's really been picking up. Um, And a lot of my sets are just my life stories, how I grew up um for example like one of my one of my bits is how one of my first pets was a pet pigeon and that's a real story like we literally had a pigeon in the house
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's what you joke about your pigeon
1: yeah yeah um, it's a lot of life stories um also I'm Puerto Rican and Guatemalan is my background um so I talk about that growing up in Connecticut um and been growing up in the streets but then having friends that uh, lived in the suburbs it, the differences but also the similarities um how a lot of things intertwined and yeah so uh, so far it's been good i'm very very happy with everything's going and i'm right now i'm actually focusing on getting a special out hopefully by early next year uh um, 2024 i'm aiming for all right so what's
0: that special going to entail
1: a lot of my life stories but you know the comedy i really enjoy is comedy that it's, it gives a message, you know what I'm saying. Something that gets people thinking. I love outrageous, be hilarious, but also I want I want to get people thinking, you know. And a lot of my passion is actually more so along signs of criminal justice reform, because like I said, I've, I've seen my friends, you know, hanging out with them in the streets, how we get treated differently from hanging out with my friends in the suburbs, how we get treated out there, and being able to find the
0: comedy and the tragedy. So uh-huh. that's the goal, go, yeah hmm So what's your take to racial jokes, sexuality jokes, or jokes about Biden or Trump? Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole
1: political landscape is like outrageous. Honestly, a lot of my jokes are more, like I said, long-term justice reform, racism that goes on, closet racism that people do. Like, for example, if you met me in in person, a lot of people always assume I'm a white guy, Italian, I'm light-skinned. But then I start speaking Spanish and they're like, oh, shoot, like this dude was the whole time," you know? So it's like, ah, oh, man, I have a lot of stories. And that's literally what I'm able to talk about. In terms of touching base back on the politics, it is important um, to be aware of everything going on. And right now I will probably be touching base on that. But again, the majority of my comedy is just my life story and how I grew up. and But that will definitely, as I go on and keep producing specials,
0: you know, a lot of things are going to be intertwined with that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever told the LGBTQ joke?
1: Yes. One of my best jokes is uh, how I'm not gay, but pretending to be gay has saved my life. And it touches touches based on the homophobia in the streets growing up out there, but poking fun at it. Like uh, how uh, I used to live in Newark, New Jersey, and I had a flashback. Like, you remember that show, That's So Raven?
0: Yes, Yes, yes
1: how she would be speaking and then uh, ah da, 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 they just stare out into the abyss. So <laughs> that happened to me. In the middle of getting robbed, I had a flashback of growing up and how me and my friends, you know, we were being silly with each other. Somebody spilled a cup of water. Oh, that's gay. Somebody <laughs> falls down the stairs. Oh, that's gay. Guys, I just got into college. That's gay, bro. You have know, to be silly. I realize a lot of my friends never grew up out of the homophobia. So it goes, I flash back to the scene where I'm getting robbed. And the guy, you know, as soon as he starts patting my pockets, I'm like, ah, uh, and it just goes from there. Just
0: <laughs> madness. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you, what should you do as a comedian when they threaten to cancel you for making the that's so gay joke or come on girl.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm always able to bring it back in a way where it's funny for everyone. I have gay friends, like, I don't care about none of that. But unfortunately, that's not the world that we live in. So I'm able to poke fun at everybody at the same time and uh, we bring it back, you know. So uh, as far as threatened to be canceled or things of that nature, I haven't had that yet. But uh, I don't know, I guess if that did happen, it would just be an education moment either for me or the other individual or for both of us. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. Comedy is one of those things where you can make a great joke or a terrible joke. And it comes from that same creative space. So I spent a lot of time getting feedback from close friends, family, and also performing at open mics. My, one of my passions is just traveling. I, I've been to LA, to Texas, to Florida to perform all around and meet with other bookers and promoters and the comedians and getting the different styles. But, you know, I always stay true to myself and how I grew up. I'm not here to to be a fad, you know, if that makes sense
0: hmm. hmm. Would you like to be like everybody else, even though you said you don't want to be a fad in case listeners uh. want to know what's a fad mean? <laughs>
1: you know, a fad to me is, you know, when you see these indiv- individuals that blow up for maybe one or two months and then you don't really hear about them again. I want a career with longevity. I want people to, you know, when they hear my name, that they-, they want to tune in, that they- they're interested in checking me out. And obviously it's impossible to please everybody in the world. But I just want to stay true to myself and how I grew up and my observations. And is it correct all the time? I think it's subjective, you know. But as long as I think it's being, even my philosophy in general, as long as we always have respect for each other, mutual respect, like that's what's going to go the farthest we're not always going to like each
0: other and that's okay but we always have to have that mutual respect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you do when somebody doesn't like it and they just are not impressed and let's say you're performing at a comedy show and they look at you like i'm not impressed
1: yeah i mean you know um one of my favorite comedians is this uh, gentleman by the name of patrice o'neill and he has a saying comedy is not always about being funny you know Mm -hmm like half the crowd is going to love you. The other half of the crowd should be an absolute terror. You know, <laughs> that's like an extreme way of putting it. But you know, mm-hmm. if if I can just touch people and get them thinking, I think that's what it's all about. I wouldn't want 100% of the crowd laughing the, the whole way, if that makes sense. got to be somebody that has a voice there, their opposition, and then we could discuss. Like, I think that's, That's something that's missing throughout the world right now. Just being able to sit down and discuss with each other. We can have our differences, but hey, like, let's talk and let's make fun of each other. A lot of my comedy,
0: I make fun of myself,
1: how I grew up. So, yeah, (laughs) I try to be the butt of my own jokes.
0: Mm -hmm. So you've never had somebody call you out on your joke saying, I didn't like that.
1: No, 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 not yet. Uh, But I haven't had that yet. But as far as like hecklers or something like that, somebody just like drunk at a show, you know, I, I try to pick them apart. We have fun with that too. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> i I'm the type of comedian I don't shy away or get afraid of hecklers. Like that's a part of the business. It's a part of being able to to you know even if you lose the crowd, being able to get them back. You know. So I think that's yeah, that's my goal
0: truly. Mm-hmm. And let's hear about some of your acting, your background work, because off interview, you told me you appeared on a show, just somebody called you got background, but of course, you want to do more TV. Do you want to talk about that with our listeners? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so recently, um, well, this year, I, I was able to do some background work on the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith coming out um, with Childish Gambino. Um, so I was very happy about that. And again, it's background, so I don't necessarily try to put that on the resume, but I loved it. I loved being able to be there just to be in that uh, environment, um, connecting with other actors, connecting with other artists. Like, that's honestly been the best part of this journey, just being able to meet people of all backgrounds and just being able to connect on some level, like, hey, we're all here chasing our dream. We all took a chance, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but you want to stick to more local acting. Am I correct? Um, right. Well, right now I'm really focusing on the education um,
1: aspect of it because I don't just want to, like I said, do background. I want to have like substantial roles, um, things where I, I, I can make an impact on television or uh, film. So I'm very open-minded. Um, I'm still finding my footing in terms of the acting world, uh, but I could truly say comedy and performing consistently And being able to do that, it it really helps. It makes it easier for me to to be able to find my voice and, and rather to find whatever voice I need for the scene. So very thankful for all the training I've been getting. I met a lot of great, great coaches. I was actually also, I'm not SAG at the moment, but I was there striking with them a few weeks ago in New York City to support the cause. Um, At the end of the day, these are individuals I do plan on working with in the future um, and making an impact with them in the future, and right now is a very, very interesting time uh, with these contract negotiations. So, uh, they have my full support, the writers as well.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what's your message to people that, you know what, I want to follow my dreams and be an actor or a comedian, but I don't know where to start. What do you want to tell those people who want to get into the industry of comedy and acting? What I would say to
1: you, the listener, um, tuning in, chase your dreams. Um, not everyone's going to believe you. Not everyone is going to accept that. And unfortunately, it'll be the people closest to you that you would expect them to, to be there. And they might not be there, but you need to understand it's a part of the process. Stick with the journey. Stay strong. Trust in yourself. If you want to get started, you really need to look at yourself at uh, your current situation I used to work as a uh, associate store manager. I was making a great salary. Um, I was able to make my own schedule, but I wasn't happy. I was literally just not living my dream. I wasn't living out what I was supposed to be doing. And ever since I did take that chance, uh, my life, honestly, it's a full, full 360 in terms of how I feel. I feel like I have a purpose. I feel like I'm able to bring some sort of joy in this crazy world so stay strong uh it's not an easy road however you will meet other individuals that are just like you and that's what that's what it's all about it's finding that new family and you'll be special things happen when you really take that chance
0: all right and to other comedians that their jokes are dry or they don't know what to talk about anymore what do you want to tell them yeah um i
1: started with my life stories um from childhood and up like i went through a lot of trauma growing up and like most of us you know we all go through trauma in our own ways but that's what i was really tapping into um I didn't have money to go to therapy growing up. That wasn't a thing until recently. So it was really just being able to tap into it, write it out and never stop writing. The best, one of the best advice I ever got was never stop writing. If you get a random thought in the middle of the day, no matter how sporadic, just write it down. And you could, you know, always come back to it later. You know, be true to yourself. I think- what happens is, uh, especially in the comedy world, I always kind of correlate it to like the lunchroom table in high school, like the jocks sit with the jocks, the the super smart kids sit with the super smart kids, like the street kids, you know, it's always separate and, you know, be open-minded, don't be, don't feed into that. If it's one thing I've been able to do out here in my little uh, city locally is to bring comics from all different backgrounds together, that's one of the things I'm proudest of. And that's something I hope to do with my comedy and my acting, just to bring people of People that you would never expect to be in the same room or connecting with each other just to bring them together.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're bringing people together with your comedy, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms in case other comedians or actors, actresses, or just a general listener has a question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you could follow me on Instagram, Very Frank Vera. Um, you could also check me out on what is announced uh twitter is the x i don't even know very frank vera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever that is yeah very frank there i'm also on threads uh very frank vera um my website is frank and uh yeah the biggest thing don't ever hesitate to reach out to me i can i'll help and support you wherever i can and that's what this journey is all about just support
0: wherever you can and i'm really happy to be here with you donovan i really appreciate it you reached out to me and it means a lot Oh, thank you so much. Do you have a joke for us in closing in case listeners want to know?
1: <laughs> let's see, let's see. So growing up Puerto Rican and Guatemalan, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but it also comes with a lot of body hair. Like it's bad. <laughs> it's bad, bro. Like the other week <laughs> the other week I went to see my barber and I've been seeing my barber since like I was a kid, you know, for my first date. For my wedding, like, I've had more conversations with this man about life than I have with my actual father. So (laughs) getting the haircut, you know, and at the end of the haircut, I go to pay and he just gives me this sad look. And I'm like, but what's going on? He's like, I got to charge you double. I'm like, double? Why? What's going on? Like, uh, what? What the heck? And he literally, he pulled out a picture of my neck. It literally looked like the back of a chimpanzee from like (laughs) the National Geographic. (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like i'm like bro okay i'm gonna pay you but like please delete that picture because it's not even from today like you definitely took this like three weeks ago and you go around showing your friends and your family
0: it's too much man
1: so (laughs) a lot of little things like that you know Little little uh, of my comedy, yeah.
0: All right. Well, you know, I got a, I got the chest hair, too. You know, that black and yeah. the black and the mixed with Indian in me, too, down the line, too. So the chest hair is showing. Yeah. You're good, bro. Yeah. You know how it is. You feel my pain. I feel your pain, too, and the blood. And the blood. So the body hair, you know? So might have to get waxed, because, you know, that that's oh like a God. forest,
1: you know? I did that once. I think they try to charge me, like, 150 Dollars For my back, I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'll just keep it. Oh, <laughs> I felt bad for the lady, too, because I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'2, 270 pounds. Like, it took her literally like an hour and a half to do my whole joint oh yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> listen frank it was really great to get to know you thank you so much for debuting on met radio twelve eighty a.m
1: donovan thank you so much i really appreciate it and hope to connect with you again which wish you much uh continued success and to the viewers stay strong we got this we out here
0: all right, for Met Radio, 1280 AM, I'm Donovan LaCroxie. I would love to thank comedian and actor. You can throw out your name again. Frank Vetta. Thank you, guys. And thank you so much to the listeners for listening to this episode.